I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. And coming up on today's episode, listen, if you've ever sat down and thought about writing a book, or maybe you've written a book and you're wondering how to get it published, especially about motorcycle adventure or just adventure travel in general, today is the episode for you. We've got Mike Fitterling on from Road Dog Publications, and Mike specializes in motorcycle and adventure publishing. So you'll want to stick around because he's going to give us the inside tips on how to approach him to sell him on the idea of your book. We're also going to talk with Zoe Cano, who has a new book out called Southern Escapades, who is also published by Road Dog Publications. And we have J.J. Lewis from the Good Adventure Company as well. Stick around. We got a good one. Hi, I'm Sam Manicum. This is Nick Sanders. I'm Terry Borden. I'm Sandy Borden. I'm Jack Borden. I'm Graham Field. My name is Austin Vince. I'm Jason Spafford. And I'm Lisa Morris. Hi, I'm David Peterson. I'm Rachel. This is Ed March. This is Glenn Hickstead. This is Dr. Gregory W. Fraser. This is Dave Barr. This is Ted Simon. You're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. This episode is brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles, outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. Sign up for their e-rider newsletter too at maxbmw.com. That's M-A-X-B-M-W.com. And Best Rest Products, home of Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. You know, whether you're on the road or off the road, for that matter, you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system, and it can inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's made in the USA, and get this, it has a lifetime warranty, which is brand new. Best Rest also makes tire changing and tire repair kits that are small enough to fit in your saddlebag, and the crew at Best Rest are adventure riders themselves. They know what you need when you're out exploring the world. Visit them at cyclepump.com. That's cyclepump.com. Mike Fitterling is the publisher of Road Dog Publications, which specializes in books on adventure travel by motorcycle. As well, Mike is the editor of Vintage Japanese Motorcycle Magazine, and he's a motorcyclist himself, of course, who's uh, racked up over 100,000 miles on his three motorcycles. And today, we're going to talk with Mike about bikes, the value of short adventures, and I'm also going to corner him for the inside scoop on how to sell your book to his publishing company. I spoke with Mike from his office at Road Dog Publications in Florida. I'm Michael Fitterling. Most people just call me Mike. Uh, I was born in southern Michigan and grew up in Niles, Michigan, but uh, half my life I've been in the south and now live in Lake Wills, Florida. You have an interesting story about discovering your first motorcycle and really discovering the motorcyclist in you. Um, you found the, a 1968 Honda CB350, and that sort of sparked everything. Tell us about that story. Well, I've, I've always wanted, since I was a kid, watching uh, Then Came Bronson on TV, I always wanted a bike and uh, never was able to pull that off. So uh, it was years later at my uh, father-in-law's shop. He had a modular home business, and he had a big shop. And in the back corner, under a bunch of shipping blankets and old exercise machines and junk in general, there was a handlebar sticking out. And uh, I uncovered it. It was a 1968 CB350. So um, I asked him if he would mind if I tried to get it started to see if I get it running. And he said, no, knock yourself out. So that started the whole thing. It, it I got it running pretty quickly, not good, but running enough you could ride it, and so I've wanted a bike all my life, but I didn't get into it uh, until 2009 or so. But once you got into it, you got into it in a big way, because your thing, your your real passion is, and by the way, you're still riding this bike, aren't you? Oh, yes, yes. I've added a couple other bikes to the garage, and uh, but I'm still riding a 350 probably, 30 to 40% of the time, yes. Wow, that's really neat. And the thing is, what you've got into is riding long distance on the cheap, which I'm a huge fan of. I, I think it's just great. I think I read somewhere there you'd, uh, I think you rode from, was it Florida to Quebec, and, and you did it for, what was it, five or $600? Yeah, I went to Quebec for about 600 bucks last May, uh, all in all. Uh, I used my debit card for the gas, but uh, all the other expenses were cash, and by the time I was in the Catskills, I hadn't gone through my first $20 bill. So I was extremely frugal on that trip. <laughs> it's always been a necessity for me, but uh, I kind of like the challenge of seeing how cheap I can do it. And, you know, the less money you spend, the farther you can go. 
What are you doing to travel frugally? I mean, gas you can't get away from. Yeah, that's a given. You just got to hope that the prices stay down. And of course, on a motorcycle, that's not too bad. Um, you know, I'm getting 45 on my Bonneville. Uh, I've gotten over 70 on a 350. So that's usually not a big thing. Um, I just try to pack breakfast and lunch in the form of peanuts, of jar of peanuts and some granola bars. I might uh, get a cup of coffee during the day and just make that my meals. And uh, accommodations-wise, I'm on ADV Rider, which I'm sure you're aware of, the, the Adventure Riding Forum. And uh, I use a, a people from a list we call the uh, Tent Space Sign-Up Thread. And uh, people offer their backyards to other ADV riders and offer tell tell on the thread what they can have to offer and um, so I plot and that's all plotted on a map uh, actually they're all around the world so I'll you know see where my routes going if anybody is close by and 60% um, of the time I'm staying in somebody's backyard um, usually when you do that they just want to hear some stories of the road they don't want you to spend a dime so uh, it's a cheap way to travel yeah, great way to meet people, isn't it? You know, you're oh. you're finding a common ground, and uh, and it sometimes can be better than wild camping. Oh yeah, it's 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 been without an exception, uh, been a great experience. Um, met some really great people who are truly generous. Um, I, I can't say much too much about it. It's just a, a really great resource. I offer my backyard in turn. Um, I've got a fellow down right now camping for a couple months from Pennsylvania. He came down last year and did the same thing. Brings his GS in the back of his truck, puts his tent up, and then we go riding together for a couple months. And, for a couple uh, of months? That's a long time. Yeah, he's retired. So he, you know, when it, the cold hits up there, he heads south and uh, comes down here and rides for a while. So we, we've had a good time both these years. He's uh, Uncle Steve to my kids now. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you have to really get along with someone for them to hang around for a couple of months. I mean, you can put up with almost anybody for a night. I mean, even a couple of days, but a couple of months? Yeah, that's true. We we do get along good. He helps me with bike projects. How did you end up owning a publishing company? Well, I, I had worked for um, Lost Classics Book Company. Um, I think it was the end of 1996. It's a, it's a company that publishes books mainly mainly used by homeschoolers but there's a few public schools and some distance learning um, programs like in Alaska and et cetera that have our books on their approved list and um, I did that I came in as a graphic designer redoing these the republished books from the late 1800s and early 1900s so they're tr very traditional educational books for kids that's why it appeals to homeschoolers and so I came in reproducing the covers electronically and uh, as time went on, I got more and more duties, and I eventually became managing editor, and I did that until uh, 2009. Um, the owner was going to close the business. He just got interested in other things and didn't want to mess with it anymore, and I was scrambling for somewhere to put my publishing skills to work that I picked up over so many years, and uh, I didn't think it was a dead horse, so I... I worked a way to buy the business from him and get it going again. And so uh, that's how I ended up with it in January of 2010. So I had about a month to get all that going again and do all the legal stuff. Um, so Lost Classics is my, is my makes my uh, income. Uh, but Road Dog, I started as an imprint under that company. So it's the same company, but it's Lost Classics Book Company doing business as Road Dog publications. And uh, it just grew out of my love of writing that kind of happened at the same time. You know, this is 2009. I was just getting into writing. And uh, I thought, why not Why not uh, use my skills to do something I have a little more love for? You know, I, the other other stuff was challenging, but I really love writing. And, uh, and I had been on a lot of uh, motorcycling forums and you can tell when people start threads or have a story on there how people respond to it and uh, whether that's going to be well-received in print form, too. And uh, so that's how I started with the first books. Uh, uh, there's a fellow named Captain Crash, Brent Allen, from Nampa, Idaho, and he's a award-winning motorcycle instructor. But he, he always did these posts that uh, were instructional, but they weren't like 
uh, technical, you must do this or that. It was more like talking to, say, an uncle who had a lot of experience writing. And it was lighthearted, and a lot of the stuff that he did was funny. And uh, people really responded. He's done a video series, and he's posted that on YouTube. And I think over a million people have seen those videos, so probably a million and a half by now. So I knew um, there was a, an audience for him. So we, we worked together, and he did the first two books. And then, you know, I found other people in forums. Uh, uh, then I just went on ADV Writer, and I found people who uh, had a skill for writing and telling a story. And so it's kind of grown from uh, Brent's first book to we have now, we have eight books. That's a really interesting way to do it, and smart, too. And I'm sure you knew that already. But um, to, to look at stuff that's already on the Internet and see what people are responding to, because often now when people are testing a product, that's what they do. Even the big companies, they'll throw something out on YouTube and see what the response is, see what the public is, is what do they think of it at that point, whereas you're mining it right from those, uh, from those people who are starting those threads. It's a great idea. Yeah, I think it's uh, you can tell a lot. I mean, if ADV Writer is a good source, um, so you, you um now you've you've got you said eight books. What are the books that you have? Brent Allen did the first two books, also known as Captain Crash Online. Um, that his first book was Motorcycles Life, and that's it. That's the title: Motorcycles <laughs> Life, and followed by an ellipsis, and then it's just a, a collection of essays on writing, uh, how writing affects everyday life and how you can learn lessons in everyday life that you can apply to motorcycling. And uh, his second one is The Elemental Motorcyclist. Um, and it's more specifically writing techniques, but it's still in that lighthearted, funny way he tells things. Um, and that one's done pretty well. Uh, following that, we have a book by Kirk Swanick uh, that's called A Tale of Two Dusters and Other Stories. And I kind of went a little out of the uh, groove there because the first half of the book is kind of a novella on him growing up hot rodding um, with, of course, dusters. And it's a story of him going to college and all his shenanigans and hooliganism in college with his friends. But in there, he also grew up on dirt bikes. So there's little snippets of, of that. And then the uh, second half of the book is a, a collection of essays about his writing experiences. Um, Let's see, after that, then, um, I discovered Zoe. I discovered Zoe on a, a radio interview, actually. And uh, I, liked, I liked what I heard from her, and uh, I contacted her, and uh, then we, we did her book, Bonneville Gore Bust. Um, and that has done really well. She's uh, touring in the U.K. She's out every weekend almost doing... Uh, signing and uh, appearances of things. She's at MCN this weekend. I think the next one was my book, actually. Um, I had been writing a lot of stuff on my blog. I've been writing some stuff for magazines, and I've been just writing stuff that was new, and I put that together in a collection of essays. It's called Thoughts on the Road, Wrenching, Writing, and Reflecting. And, and of course, it's divided into sections about learning how to work on old bikes and sometimes the funny things that will happen and the frustrating things that will happen. Uh, the second one's some stories about some of the rides I've taken. Uh, I rode to Michigan and back on my 350 once, and that was that's one of the stories in there. Um, been on the 350 on the uh, Kickstart Classic that uh, Wheels Through Time and uh, American Iron Magazine puts on, so I rode that from Central Florida to Maggie Valley, from Maggie Valley with the group to Barber Vintage Festival, and then back to Florida. So it was a pretty long trip, that little bike. Um, but that middle section is those kind of stories. And then the last section reflecting is just how the experience of riding has affected my life, how I think about things differently, just thoughts on riding in general. Um, let's see, after that, um, actually it was an ADV writer um, that uh, – I contacted about doing a book. She had done the ebook version and I offered to do the print version. That's called Beads in the Headlight. That's by Isabel Dyson. Her and her boyfriend, now husband, flew their BMW Airhead to Alaska, followed it over there, and then rode to Tierra del Fuego. And so that's the story of them riding two up and all their adventures. Then I think after that, it would have been Zoe's second book we started working on, Southern Escapades. 
and uh, that's uh, she. She came back to the states and just uh, explored the southeastern United States. Some of the parts she missed on her first trip, and uh, a lot of the time we were riding together on that. So um, I've got another book just out uh, called "A Short Ride in the Jungle." Um, I'm the North American editor publisher for that. Uh, it's been published in England, but I have the rights for North America, and uh, that's by Antonia Bolingbroke Kent. And she's an adventurer, uh, quite an adventurer. Her, she had done a previous book called Tuk Tuk to the Road, where uh, her and her friend rode a Tuk Tuk, which is a motorized rickshaw, basically, from Thailand to England. Um, this book I'm doing, uh, A Short Ride in the Jungle, she flew to Hanoi, uh, picked up a Honda Cub, and rode it on the Ho Chi Minh Trail all the way to Saigon. I think that's going to do really, really well. I think I think I've covered them all. Well, Mike, now that I have you on here and we have people's ear, someone out there is going to have a book and they're going to want to approach you and sell it to you. So what I want here is the inside scoop on how someone should sell you their book for publishing. All right. Well, on our website, I have a little thing about we're looking for authors and they can look at that. But basically, we want to publish books that get to the heart of writing, the experience of writing. We've avoided doing things like turn-by-turn travel guides, uh, technical how-to manuals and things like that. What we want is, I mean, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be a motorcycle, but adventure travel and how that experience affects the person doing the traveling and and about the people they meet. I'm especially a fan of Ted Simon's foundation where uh, the idea is to to write things that show that world over we're all we're all alike and governments might separate us but we're all brothers everywhere and so I, I, I'm kind of looking for things that that uh, express that idea you know it's been my experience that everywhere you go as a writer almost without fail people are kind and generous and um, so that and um, also something that's humorous, the, you know, the experience is not just philosophical, it can be a humorous uh, approach to what's happened on the road. I'm, I'm really set up to do text-based books, uh, not real like coffee table color pictures. I've been approached by a lot of people wanting to do, you know, where their story is mainly told by pictures, which is great. It's just not our model. So ours is black and white photographs will be reproduced in books, but it's really the story's king. I want a good story before anything else. And and so far, so good. I mean, all of our books are getting four and five star ratings on Amazon, you know. Uh, even the ones that don't have a lot of ratings yet, the reviews are always positive. So I'm pretty proud of that. And I'm trying to become the 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 North American adventure travel publisher, you know, a place where people go for really good literature about writing and adventure travel. The crux of it is we just want people to write about the experience of writing and how it's affected them and other people. A lot of people talk about when they've written something, going to publishers and getting all the refusal letters, and of course that's why I'm asking. So what sort of, what would catch your eye? You know, when somebody says something, do you read everything that comes across your desk, or is there some sort of way to approach you to, to show they have something different and something worthy? I read everything I get. But, you know, if it's something that doesn't meet at all the criteria that, that I've put on our website, you know, that, that just won't move forward. Um, I'm not really in a position to, like, front somebody money for a book that they're going to write because they had this adventure planned. It needs to be a done deal kind of. It doesn't have to be laid out as a book, but it needs to be all the text. The manuscript needs to be more or less complete. And uh, but I'll look at at everyone I get, and um, I've tried to be a little proactive too on the uh, royalty front. I know authors I think for years have been really had a hard time making any money on the, the what is really their work, and so I've tried to coming from a world uh, like the lost classics books had no royalties because everybody who wrote those books are dead. They're all public domain as far as the, the content. So I never had to deal with that. So I kind of came to the to the motorcycle books with a clean slate. So I kind of t- 
tried to reinvent how um, how the royalties are figured, and you know, instead of a percentage on the suggested retail price, which honestly, almost no book has ever sold at that at that price. Almost everything is sold at wholesale prices. So I have based the royalties on actual money coming into the business, and because it's on a net basis, they get a much larger percentage. So uh, that way, nobody's left holding the bag, and it's more of a, I like to call it a partnership between the publisher and the author. You've written a book called Thoughts on the Road, right? The Wrenching, Riding, Reflecting book. Um, Do you think that any sort of adventure that we do changes us? Are we are we always sort of molding ourselves or always, I guess, morphing as we go along in a good way or maybe in a bad way? I mean, are, are we doing it at all? It, does it change us to make these these small trips? I certainly I certainly think it does. I mean, travel in general does. And, you know, I, I, I was encouraged uh, by my parents to travel. We traveled as a kid. And I think when you see other places and how other people live, especially uh, like my trip to Guatemala um, through Mexico. And, you know, you appreciate what you have, but you also realize you don't need all these things Americans need to have a full life. Um, Of course, you get to be a better writer, of course, uh, after a while. But you always are evolving and maybe learning a few more things, and that adds to your personality. But something that needs continual um, reinforcement is is to be reminded of the goodness of people. And I, I, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I'm writing a second book now, and that's about that trip to Quebec. But uh, before that trip, I was at a pretty low spot personally and pretty depressed about things uh, for a number of reasons. And that trip kind of kicked that out of me. You know, I, I got on the road, which first of all is good therapy for anybody because it, it involves all your senses. You have to be aware of what you're doing. There's not really room to think about troubles at home or whatever it is. But the biggest thing is I'd kind of lost faith in, in my fellow man, you know, all with all the stuff you see on social media and um, things that lies that are put up as truth and you know, I'm kind of an idealist child from the late 60s. You know, I grew up in that hippie era, and I kind of thought we, and you know, things would be different by now, and it didn't seem to be. It seemed to be getting worse. And so that trip uh, kind of got me away from that kind of dark place. And while I was traveling and meeting new people, it kind of um, showed me again how good really people are when they react face-to-face and and you know, social media is supposed to bring us together, but sometimes it, it pushes us further apart. And there's no replacement for that one-on-one, face-to-face interaction between human beings. And again, without a fail, I was treated with, with generosity and kindness everywhere I went. And it, it just kind of renewed my faith in humanity. And uh, I think uh, every trip does that, you know, reinforces that a little more. Mike, I don't want to give away what your book is about, this is the one you're working on, but why did you choose Quebec to go to as a riding destination? Because I'd never been there. So, you know, it's more interesting to me. I, I'd traveled, like I said, early when I was a kid with my parents. We had gone out west, we'd gone south, we'd gone east, uh, but we never got anywhere northeast of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And... uh I had a certain amount of time, so I knew kind of the length I had to be back for our national rally. So I knew once I got the magazine, put it to bed with the final approval, and I was free for a couple weeks. Um, So I had a kind of a distance in mind, and I'd never been to the Northeast. And I thought, never been to New England. I'd always, I'd lived on the Great Lakes as a kid, but I never had seen the St. Lawrence uh, Seaway. So I kind of looked north and found a little town just north of Maine, right on the coast, and pointed to it and said, that's where I'm going, and then started planning it. Well, Mike, it's been great talking to you, and I'm sure we're going to talk again. Yes, thank, thanks. It was uh, very nice. And that was Mike Fitterling from Road Dog Publications in Florida, United States. You can find out more about Mike and Road Dog Publications, maybe even approach him with the book that you have, if you've written one, at roaddogpub.com. 
Oh, that's the sound of the Aerostitch catalog. Hey, do me a favor, drop by their website, aerostitch.com forward slash ARR. And the reason I'm giving you the forward slash ARR is because, as you know, that means Adventure Rider Radio, and then they can tell where it comes from. Look, Aerostitch supports the show, so do me a favor, support Aerostitch. And it, and it's not a favor, really, because when you look at what they have to offer, it's great products. You cannot go wrong. But what I was going to mention today is um, I came across their, their combat touring boot. And in Aerostitch fashion, they've got this explanation in here telling you about it. Really, they started it way back when. I think it was like 10 years ago they started making these before adventure boots became popular. But these are cool-looking boots. They're combat touring boots. They're relatively inexpensive as far as what you look at nowadays for adventure boots, but these are these are really sweet. They look to be leather and uh, stitch sole. They've got the, the plastic clamps on there. It looks like some Velcro tabs on the top, but they're fairly tall. These are a nice, they, they call it a cross between a street boot and an adventure boot. A really sweet setup, and I'll bet that would suit a lot of um, your riding style probably as well. The other thing I was going to mention to you is check out their elk skin roper gloves. The reason I'm saying this is because spring is coming up for North America, right? And you're going to want to get out there and ride. There's going to be some cooler weather. And leather gloves, if you've ever tried them, they're amazing to begin with. But elk skin, these things are supposed to be top of the line. They've got these elk skin gloves they sell for $49 US. Um, really inexpensive as, as far as gloves go. But you know what it is like with leather. Once you start to work them in, they fit your hand. They become, well, as they describe it, you know, you're, you're a best friend sort of thing. They're saying when they finally wear out which with leather, it takes a long time. They're saying you feel like you've, you've lost a best friend, but great to have a pair of gloves like that for the spring. So if you go by aerostitch.com forward slash ARR, here's what you're going to find is you're going to find that on your first order, you get 10% off, which is amazing. Like I've said before, if you're buying something big like a suit, and I strongly recommend that you look at their, their riding suits, um, if you're looking for a jacket or pants or a riding suit, 10% off, that's a big chunk of money of an overall order. And if you're a repeat customer, you get free shipping anywhere in, in the U.S. I've mentioned before about their Ride More Guarantee. Go to their website, have a look at it. They're producing really high-quality stuff, and this is why I get behind Aerostitch. Great company, fantastic products. I've told you about the tank bags I have. I still use them every day. They still get, well, actually, they're the, they're the cushion when I drop my bike, that and the stuff that I have in them, but they, they work great. The crash bars don't even end up touching with them, and they still work great. So, if you want high quality, great riding gear, aerostitch.com forward slash ARR. Anytime you're dealing with them, even if you bought from them before, make sure you let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Zoe Cano is an author and motorcyclist from London, England. She wrote her first book called Bonneville Go or Bust in 2014, and she was previously on our show talking about that book. Today, Zoe is back to talk about her new book called Southern Escapades. And since the last time Zoe was on our show, she's made some huge changes in her life, which include, I guess the biggest thing, getting rid of her nine-to-five job in favor of adventure, a new life. This latest book is about a trip that Zoe and her publisher, Mike Fitterling, which you just met on this show, made while combining a book signing tour with a search for blues music and the road less traveled in the southern U.S. I caught up with Zoe from her home in London, England. I'm speaking with Zoe Cano, author of Bonneville Go or Bust, who you heard on this show, um, I think it was well, probably close to a year ago. Well, Zoe now has a new book out called Southern Escapades. Zoe, happy to have you back on Adventure Rider Radio. Jim, I am so happy to be back and to hear your good voice. And as I explained previously, so much has happened over just a period of a year. Incredible. Yeah, it's like you, you wrote a book, you, you came on the show, and right after that, it seems that your life has just changed completely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's changed since you, you came on the show last time? Yeah, I would love to. In fact, it was, it was pretty inspirational to speak to you, to tell you know, publicly what, what I'd done and what I'd tried to uh, achieve over that summer in the U.S., in going across the U.S. on my own. And um, things just seriously started to snowball. Triumph invited me to the Triumph Dealers show in the U.K. where I first started signing the book. 
I was then contacted by the publisher, uh, Road Dog Publications in Florida, and he almost whimsically said to me, Zoe, I, I think you know, you should come over to the US too and, and sign some books at maybe the um, barber show and you know, we can go then down to AIM Expo in Florida. Anyway, to cut a very long story short, I took, as they say here in the UK, the bull by the horns and I flew over to Orlando and we spent this most incredible two weeks going up through the, the back roads of Alabama and Georgia and along the Gulf of Mexico uh, to the barber show. And when I got back, things changed very dramatically in my head. And I thought there's something not quite right here. You know, um, I've got this other life that's happening, but I'm also having to go back to a job. So the following January, I basically handed in my nine to five job with nothing to go to, but only a vision that potentially I could um, find a way of going on possible further book signings here in the UK. I don't know. It was, it was a big risk I took in my life. And last year, things just started to, to, to happen. But I basically tallied up a roster of almost 35 shows across the UK, traveling on my bike to book sign. And at the end of last year, I had um, basically achieved something I thought would be impossible to do. And at the same time, I decided to write the second book. So you didn't have anything lined up. You you no, sort of you right. sort of thought, okay, my first step is to get rid of that nine to five job, and and then what did you do after that? How did you go out and look to find what was going to make your money? I um, left the the company at the end of January. So in February, I contacted Triumph. I said, I know that we've got the big um, MCN uh, motorbike show at Excel. They have a large stand showing their bikes. Is there any way I could come and onto your stand and book sign? And they said, yes. So that was kind of the start of it. And at that time, I was so inspired. I thought, right, I'm going to start writing this second book. And Mike the publisher, he was very excited because he actually did part of the trip with me back and forth to the, the big barber show and back down through Georgia, Alabama. So that in itself was an interesting concept because I'd never been on a road trip with another biker. I think that gave me an idea for writing it because it was a different perspective from the very first book and the very first story. You went through, with Mike from Road Dog Publications, you went through Alabama, Georgia, and Florida and explored the lesser-known routes. But you, you really didn't have to do any research for this because you used Mike as your guide, didn't you, to, to show you the, mm -hmm. the, the backwater places. And what better way to do it than to get someone who lives in the area to show you all those little spots? And you know what? I totally agree with you. And for once, I was because I wasn't leading and because I didn't have to make decisions... I actually sat back from it all and accepted what he was going to do. And he is actually very similar to me. He doesn't use sat-nav. He only uses old, you know, you know maps, road maps. Um, but he loves not going on highways. He loves getting into the back of beyond. But he gets lost himself. You know, we, we have a fantastic story where we were going up through, uh, I think it was the second day, and at some point, we are going through such a small little road through through the middle of this forest. And we go over this small river and he comes to a stop and he turns around. He says, Zoe, I think we've taken the wrong road. I think we're lost. <laughs> and I think it was fascinating because although I was expecting him to know the road and that it was going to be boring because we weren't going to have any adventures, we actually did because he admitted himself that every time he goes up to Birmingham, Alabama, he takes a different route every time anyway. What did you think the trip was going to be like before you started, and, and then what did it actually turn out like? Here in, in the UK, I mean, I had never been, and this was another reason Mike wanted me to come over, because it was very different from the east to west trip I'd done previously. He said, you will experience something in this part of America that I'm sure you will never have experienced before. You know, I'm very much into rhythm and blues and the soul music, and there's a lot of history 
down there too. But what I was expecting, and I think what I experienced were two very different things. Um, what I saw is that there is dire poverty. There is incredible poverty, particularly as we came up through Alabama, approaching Montgomery. You know, there were, it was caravan shacks, it was old sheds. And that touched me a lot. I think that what we were expecting, and I was expecting something like that, but I wasn't expecting it to that extreme. What did you ride? Guess. I rode a T-100. <laughs> Triumph. <laughs> <laughs> Why the Triumph, Zoe? What is it, your, your affiliation or, or your love of Triumph? What is it draws you to that bike? Um, I love the style. I love very much the minimalist design that I can actually put my feet on the ground. It's stable. Uh, I like the fact that it's an upright position riding it. And it's stylish. It's, it's a great bike. And I'm just very happy with it. If there was one story that would sell this book, what would that be? The one story that would sell the book, right. Does it have to be about bikes? No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Um, the one thing that sells the book, I think, and there are actually quite a few of them, it's exploring um, this incredible juke joint, Mr. Gips, G-I-P-S. He is 93 years old. Um, he was battered, I don't know if it's the right word, probably it is, by the Ku Klux Klan back in the 40s, uh, broke his fingers, couldn't play his guitar anymore, an incredible musician. And the story, my objective, one of the objectives, was to find this lost and hidden place called Bessemer in Alabama and go and visit this juke joint and how ultimately uh, there is an adventure to try and get to Mr. Gibbs. Um, there is no telephone there. It is literally unheard of. And it's it was almost like an adventure in us having to find this place. Um, so a little, yeah, a little, a little place that um, would be very, very difficult to find unless you had a local person with you. The book is called Southern Escapades by Zoe Cano and published by Road Dog Publications. Giant Loop is the exclusive North American importer for Rally Raid products. That's the Honda CB500 kits. They handle all the parts and accessories to go with it. And this is turning out to be a really popular kit because everyone's always looking for something that's going to suit their needs. And of course, I think everything is a compromise. But the CB500 is an ultra-reliable Honda motorcycle. And this kit, the Rally Raid kit... It turns it into the the lightest, lowest seat height, dirt capable twin cylinder adventure bike on the market. So you 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 buy the kit. You can install it apparently just with hand tools in in, in very little time. And I mentioned on the last episode here that Honda Canada actually has uh, a couple of these kits installed on motorcycles, and they're touring them around to the bike shows in Canada, showing people what you can do with the bike. And let's face it, if there's a, a company like Honda Canada buying the kits and installing them, it really says something about the quality of the kit. Well, there's been a bunch of write-ups on it on the internet, and uh, it's supposed to be really something. So if you're looking for uh, an alternative bike or something different, uh, check out Giant Loop and the Rally Raid product they distribute for North America. Giant Loop is most popular or best known, I think, for their incredible bags they make. Unbelievably durable, waterproof, lightweight bags with incredible hold-downs for them. They, they test their bags by beating them literally to death. So... That always makes me feel good when I hear that, you know, because if a manufacturer is doing that to their bags, not just making something stylish and cute that fastens to your bike, they're loading them up with weights and they're beating the tar out of them. As a matter of fact, that's how Giant Loop got started, was with a desire for bags that were durable for dual sport bikes, really, is what it is. And they've sort of expanded from there and cover everything. I mean, they're even getting into doing snowmobile uh, bags and accessories. 
And now they have a, a track record. They've got a lot of riders who've ridden these bags around the world and proven how durable they are beyond what they're testing at the factory there. You will not go wrong with a Giant Loop bag. So it's GiantLoopMoto.com. And you know what? Here's a quote that I've read before, but I want to read it again because I think it says so much. This is from Cycle World Magazine, November 2015. And quote, the best hardcore saddlebag and tank bag solution we've found is from Giant Loop. There are cheaper solutions to carrying stuff, but these American-made pieces have been over mountains and across deserts with no issues, unquote. That says a lot. Psycho World Magazine, 2015. Drop by GiantLoopMoto.com. Don't forget to use the ARR code to get yourself free shipping in the U.S. And like I say, anytime you're dealing with any of the companies that help sponsor the Adventure Rider Radio Show, let them know you heard them here. That way they know it's working for them. Coming up next, I've got J.J. Lewis from The Good Adventure Company on. And before I bring him on here, I just want to talk a minute about The Good Adventure Company and the reason why we support them. We support them because they're raising money for charities. That's the whole reason for the company. It's not set up as a, as a business that's supposed to support uh, a family or, or, or supposed to make a, a profit for something. What they're doing with their profits is they're using them to, to give away, really, to sustainable charitable organizations like Lost for a Reason, for instance. And if you haven't heard of Lost for a Reason, I encourage you to get on the website, check it out, just search for Lost for a Reason. It's lostforareason.org and look at the great stuff that they're doing. And the financing, or at least a lot of the financing from that is coming from the Good Adventure Company. They did it. They made the Good Adventure Company specifically to funnel money to Lost for a Reason and other charities so they can, what they say is, make the world a better place to ride and live. And, and I think that's just fantastic. So consider that next time you're looking to get something or if you're looking to go on one of the trips because we're going to talk with JJ about some of the trips that they're doing and they sound absolutely amazing. I've got JJ Lewis here from the Good Adventure Company. JJ, how's it going? Hey Jim, it's going great. Good to talk to you. Now, what I'm curious about, the first thing that pops in my head here is because we've been talking about it the last few times you've been on, this this Copper Canyon trip. Um, What's happening with that? Well, we have been hopping, getting ready to rock and roll down to the Copper Canyon. So we're just, basically, everything is planned, and uh, we have 11 riders that have been vetted that are um, really good riders that are raring to go um, from Canada, from Seattle, Portland, um, Southern California, Colorado, New York, um, uh, Palm Springs. We have got a lot of different riders and uh, quite a, quite a, a few uh, different bikes too um, from a WR250 that's, that's really outfitted really well um, to the 1200s, to the KTMs. So we're going to have quite a, quite a mix of bikes. Um, and uh, excellent riders. So, you know, we'll be stopping in uh, Saharipa, Creel, Batopilas, Eureka, Chinipas, Alamos, and San Carlos. So we're going we're gonna to give the riders a full-fledged adventure experience, and uh, people can follow us um, on Twitter at uh, GoodADVCompany, um, Instagram at GoodADV, no hyphens, just GoodADV, now, there is room for one lucky person. One person left. If you want to get on this trip, you definitely want to get a hold of JJ at the Good Adventure Company and get yourself booked onto it. What's the date again, JJ? Well, we are leaving February 13th. So uh, I think once this goes live, Jim, <laughs> they, might, they might be trying to, catch, trying to catch us. But we do have room for one more, one more person. So it's February 13th through 20. It's eight days and seven nights. So if you're hearing this, you're going to have to move. You're definitely going to have to move fast on this. But that's not all you've got going on. Hey, JJ, just let's just talk about what the trips are all about. What What is everything that you're doing? What is it all about? Well, a good adventure company helps lost for reason and helps sustainable nonprofits. Um, so what we're doing is we, we do guided trips. We do bike rentals. Um, and uh, we have a, a significant retail site uh, where we sell the best soft luggage that you can buy, and we've used it all, and we believe in it. 
um, Giant Loop, Wolfman, and Durastan. Uh, we also uh, sell Hide Now tires, uh, Double Take mirrors, uh, Lost for a Reason t-shirts and stickers to support that nonprofit. And we also sell Good Adventure Company stickers and t-shirts. And uh, the proceeds of our profits go to support sustainable nonprofit organizations like Lost for a Reason. So that's what's important here is that the money that you're bringing in, the reason you're doing it is to to generate money for these nonprofits that are doing great things for people. Exactly. I mean, in a nutshell, we want to make the world a better place to live and ride. And uh, this is the way we do it. Yeah, unusual model and absolutely fantastic. Like I've said before, the the amazing thing is you can buy something from your store. You know, if you want so you want luggage or whatever the case it is, they can buy it from you. They're going to pay roughly the same prices prices they're going to pay everywhere else, and know that the the profit is going to be put towards a charity. I mean, it's it's like giving money to charity and getting something from it. It's like the best of both worlds, really. Right. I don't see why anybody why anybody would buy any of this luggage anywhere else because we do uh, free shipping. Um, over $99 and we have a 10% dividend each year that you can use to buy your gear and if you use the ARR discount um, code at the coupon section you'll get 10% off as well um, and the, and you'll know that you're getting great gear we stand behind it all the all the companies that we represent stand behind their products it's the best in the business we believe um, and uh, we're, we're just um, excited to be representing uh, these great products Tell us about the Navajo Nations trip you have coming up. The Navajo Nation adventure is May 17 through 20, and it starts in Cortez, Colorado at my base camp, and it ends in Flagstaff. So this is epic backcountry, uh, rarely traveled by outsiders. Um, we are trying to get meals uh, provided by Navajo families that, that we know, um, and uh, we are going to be able to camp at a, a traditional sheep camp at the top of one of the larger mountains on the Navajo Nation and uh, have a meal provided. Uh, we'll be camping also atop um, Muley Point, which in my opinion is the greatest view of the Southwest. You can see Monument Valley in the distance. Um, you can see Navajo Mountain in the distance and you can see the San Juan River, uh, the Goosenecks, which is, you know, if anybody's ever been to Muley Point, you know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, 30 million years of a river going into a canyon, it looks like the Grand Canyon. Um, you know, from it from above, and we'll be camping a thousand foot above that. Um, just just the most beautiful campsite you've ever been. So we're going to be doing that, and then the next next day we'll be going uh, a really epic ride um, through Monument Valley, through Kayenta, uh, epic epic dirt uh, trip to um, Paiute Canyon, which is near Navajo Mountain, and we'll be camping on the banks of Lake Powell. Um, even even um, many Navajo people who I who I work with on a daily basis, I tell them about this, and I ask them if they've ever been there. They're like, "No, where is that?" Um, so it's rarely, rarely traveled, and it is just absolutely stunning. Uh, we want to learn about Navajo culture, and uh, the proceeds that we're going to use for the profits are going to go to Navajo Youth Empowerment Services, which is a nonprofit on the reservation that seeks to give uh, Navajo children and and youth an epic backcountry experience, um, you know, camping, hiking, and really experiencing the outdoors. Rental bikes are available. Um, you know, we have three rental bikes. We have a 1200 GS Adventure, we have an 800 GS Adventure, and we just got an F650 GS Dakar uh, for rent. So uh, we have bike rentals. People can fly into Durango. We'll pick you up. And uh, for the Navajo Nation trip, you could fly into Durango. We'll pick you up. And then you could fly out of Flagstaff. We'll take you to the airport. Um, we also are partnering uh, with Moto Cafe Durango uh, for rental bikes. So they've got uh, 690 Enduros that uh, they will rent uh, and uh, partner with us for our trips. So we've got a lot of uh, availability for folks who want to come out and explore the Southwest and don't necessarily want want to bring their bike or have the time. What about your base camp? Because you mentioned, you said some, a few minutes ago about um, starting from your base camp. Because you're set up with, um, you're set up with a cabin and, and the whole bit. Yeah, we have we have a nice guest house um, that could sleep, you know, two to uh, four people if needed. We have um, an RV that we can park in the backcountry as well. Um, so you know, I, we have tons of camp spots. So if folks are wanting to do um, 
you know, the backcountry discovery route in Utah or Colorado. It just starts um, right down the road. Both of those routes do. So they can park their trailer and their truck at our property, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it. We've got plenty of room, plenty of room to camp as well. If you're passing through and you want to camp on our property, feel free. Just give us a give us a message, and we'll have you in for dinner too. Well, the website is good-adv.com, and you guys have a lot going on. JJ, I don't know how you manage to find time to do anything else because I know you have a real job as well. I do, but uh, when you do your passion, um, you know it's it's just one of those things. Uh, this is something that I'm really excited about. I love adventure riding. I love the community, and I love making the world a better place in as much as I can. So this is the way I'm doing it, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, be on your show too, and I appreciate the time, Jim. And that was J.J. Lewis from the Good Adventure Company. You can find out more by visiting good-adv.com. And don't forget, again, with this one, when you go to buy something, you can get 10% off by using the code ARR. This episode is brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles, outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. Sign up for their e-rider newsletter, too, at maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. And Best Rest Products, home of Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. You know, whether you're on the road or off the road, for that matter, you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system, and it can inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's made in the USA, and get this, it has a lifetime warranty, which is brand new. Best Rest also makes tire changing and tire repair kits that are small enough to fit in your saddlebag, and the crew at Best Rest are adventure riders themselves. They know what you need when you're exploring the world visit them at cyclepump.com that's cyclepump.com well that about wraps up another episode of adventure rider radio and we hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it now before we completely wrap things up i want to let you know that you can drop by the website www.adventureriderradio.com and you can click on our comment button you can send us your ideas for upcoming shows what you think of the show you heard and also if you like what we're doing and you want to keep things going consider dropping us a donation click on the donation button and send something our way to help keep the show going because the show is built on a model of having a combination of advertising and donation support to keep it going so please if you like what we're doing you want to keep it free drop by the website and click on the donation button don't forget about our new show, Adventure Rider Radio Raw. The new ARR Raw episode is out just this week. If you haven't seen it yet, drop by the website, www.adventureriderradio.com and click on the Raw button. You can listen to the Raw show. Remember, it's a separate show, so you'll have to subscribe separately. So make sure you subscribe to both shows. That's two shows for Adventure Rider Radio. The standard Adventure Rider Radio and ARR Raw. And ARR Raw is a different show completely. It's roundtable discussions about travel and adventure. Great stuff. you got to drop by and listen. There's a group of us that sit around and talk, and it's a lot of fun. The feedback so far has been great. Let us know what you think of it when you hear it. Special thanks to our advertisers, Max BMW, Best Rest Products, Aerostitch, Giant Loop, and in association with The Good Adventure Company. Special thanks also to our co-producer, Elizabeth Martin. I'm Jim Martin. This has been Adventure Rider Radio. Now it's time to get out there and ride your bike. Ride safe. See you next week. Hi, it's Simon Pavey here calling to you from uh, sunny Wales, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio.